0: This is Future X.
1: Hey, it's Joe Hobbs. This is the future of activism. Nivia Chanta is the founder and CEO of Soapbox Project. It's a website that she created with design director Milena Hansen to bridge the gap between the troubling information we see in the news and social impact. She's going to tell us how she has taken some of her in real life activism online into the website and an email newsletter. Navi, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So let's just dive right into it. How did you get started with the Soapbox Project or even just in general, how did you get started?
0: I'll start with the second part of your question. How did I get started in general? Something that was really transformational for me is i I grew up in like a little privilege bubble of Silicon Valley. Um, not sure how you're familiar how familiar you are with that landscape, but I like grew up surrounded by tech companies. I went to a really good public school. and for the first time, when I finally went to college, that was sort of this massive turning point for me because. Like, I'd always known a little bit about the world being unequal and like social issues existing. And I was always into following politics even as a kid. But it always just seemed really abstract at the time. And it didn't seem like issues that directly affected my life. So in college, I just sort of had this gradual transformation over four years where I realized two things. The first thing is just like truly realizing how unequal the world is. So for example, I mentioned I went to a really good public school. I just thought it was a little better than average. I didn't know that average was like a million miles away or like down below from where we were. And then the second thing I realized is not just how unequal the world is, but that I can actually use my my position as a person of privilege to do something about it. So since, since I realized those things, I've just sort of been on this journey of figuring out how do I actually bridge this gap between people that want to do good and actually making that good thing happen? So over time, that's sort of slowly evolved into what Soapbox is today, which is a media platform that eliminates friction between information and action.
1: So was there a sudden moment in your life? You know, maybe you were a year into high school, or some huge event happened that suddenly made you want to launch Soapbox?
0: The launch of Soapbox was pretty gradual. It first started as, you know, I originally thought that the one thing that I wanted to focus my life on was education reform. You know, I just told you, I realized how unequal the education system is and wanted to do something about it. So the like moment that I knew I wanted to launch something was actually maybe about four months into my corporate job. So I had just graduated college. This was, I graduated college in 2017, in the summer of 2017. And I started a full-time corporate consulting job a few months later. And I kind of knew from the beginning that would really not be my passion, but I didn't know that I wasn't going to enjoy it at all. So a few months later, I was talking to a mentor about how dissatisfied I was and basically telling her, like, I'm just spending you know, 40 to 80 hours every week, like my best waking hours, not making any sort of productive change. So my mentor was just like, okay, why don't you start a podcast? So the very first thing that we launched from Soapbox was actually a podcast about education reform. And the, the idea has always been the same, just to make information really accessible for people that might not have the time or like the deep interest and and get like, basically, how do we get busy people to care about stuff? So I think what, what just really caused me to hit the launch button was my mentor being like, why, you know, just make something happen while you're still figuring it out. And then hearing like really positive feedback from other people.
1: So what was that um, first podcast episode? If you remember it on, if you don't, it's totally okay. But if you do remember, what was it on?
0: Yeah. So what was it? Oh, I remember. So the the podcast name is Get Schooled and it still exists. Like we did a, a quarantine special for it, but I haven't really been putting that much time into it, but it was a monthly podcast that launched in September 2018. And the very first episode that we did was called Horror Stories from First-Year Teachers. So it basically was like me talking to one of my best friends who's a teacher in LA. And it's actually probably one of my favorite podcast episodes. I don't think the content is super informational, but we wanted to figure out how to launch something that will get people to recognize that this is like a serious issue and something that they need to care about. And we kind of thought that the best way to do that was through a combination of humor and personal storytelling. So the rest of the episodes have been a little more like fact-based, but we just wanted to kick it off with something really light and really fun and so it was just a whole bunch of teachers including my best friend talking about really wild things that happened to them in their first year of teaching.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah. So could you give us a bit more information on what exactly the Soapbox project is and the kind of impact you've had?
0: Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, it's evolved a lot, right? So I originally thought that I need to focus on education reform. And then I think education's still one of my greatest passions because it's so foundational to everything. But, you know, there's experts who can do it way better than me. But where I am uniquely positioned is... Really, like, I think I have a, a powerful voice for storytelling and distilling information in a way that makes people care about it, because I understand what it's like to kind of feel lazy at times, but you still want to get involved, or like, I understand what it's like to be like, oh, I want to change the world, but then you just go back to checking your email. So right now, what what, what all these thought processes have evolved Soapbox into is basically A platform that makes it super easy for busy people to take action on issues and so the our current the the first thing that we have out um, on that is a newsletter about sustainability that's actually our main project right now Um, so basically we pick a sustainability topic every month and we break it down in weekly newsletters and each one takes less than three minutes to read so This is really saying like, Hey, even if you care about the earth a little, you don't have to be an environmentalist. You just have to, you just have to give a crap. And then we are going to write you this newsletter. It'll be super easy to read the language. It won't be like super technical. It's just accessible for anyone who cares and who wants to make a difference, but doesn't necessarily want to commit, you know, hours and hours a week to, to this type of work.
1: Let's talk a bit more about inbox activism because it's something even I've never really looked at as a form of activism or as I just never really been exposed to it. Can you tell me a bit more about what made you choose that and what exactly inbox activism is?
0: Yeah, so I have a a confession to make. I actually wasn't familiar with this term until I got an email about being on this show so I go on and off about how much I consider myself to be an activist and it's gotten more and more solidified over the years and and the term inbox activism I really like I really like the descriptors (laughs) so how I've been really thinking about this is you have like a limited amount of time in someone's precious inbox space to make a difference and if you do it right you can you can really take that a long way And so you asked this in your last question, but I kind of forgot to answer it is what is the impact that that soapbox has had so far? So we, we've reached around 860 subscribers since our launch in September with this newsletter. And the, the biggest way I can measure impact is actually not through just like numbers and stats. It's through the number of people that reply to me and tell me the changes they've made. So A few months ago, I think in February, we wrote about um, like going meatless and the effects of meat. And this this random person that I don't know personally, one of my readers, he replied to me and he was like, now when I go to the grocery store, I decide to not buy beef anymore. So I don't know. I think it's just really beautiful that you can cause someone to make a serious habit change in their life with just like the three minute emails that they receive.
1: What keeps you going? You know, there's a lot of people who say activism is useless, it doesn't do anything. What keeps you moving? Is it a certain person or is it just your own mentality?
0: So I think there's, there's three, there's probably three things. The first thing is I learn a lot through writing this newsletter more than any other project that I've ever done before. And so I mentioned this newsletter, um, its name is change letter. So after launching it in September, Every single week that I've covered a subset of an issue, I've learned so much more on that. And that's just through my like research every week that's maybe two or three hours, right? I don't spend all day writing these newsletters. So something that keeps me going is even though I'm intaking a lot of I guess negative information or challenging information, I'm also learning that for every problem there are like a hundred people or a hundred organizations thinking of a solution. And so that's one thing that keeps me optimistic. The second thing is I have a really close circle of friends who care a lot. And I think that extends to even like mutual friends whom I don't know that well. And so to give you an example, um, over the past 48 hours, we did like a donation matching thing for raising funds for the Black Lives Matter movement to like 13 different nonprofits. And through a combination of donations from my friends, their friends, and like employer donation matching, we raised over $37,000 in like 48 hours. So, you know, this past week has been extra hopeless for a lot of people. But this is the first time that I've seen like so much money tied to an effort that I've personally conducted. So that, I don't know, things like that, you know. Just things like seeing how much my friends care and how much they're willing to help take this a step further that that really keeps me going and I don't think activism is really possible if you're on your own I think it's so easy to burn out and so easy to like feel alone and feel like it's not working and so I think that that's like a super super important reason and the third thing is that my my partner is actually from like a conservative family and so I think it's really easy to like get hopeless when people have opposing viewpoints that they're not willing to change Um, whether it's across politics, whether it's across like a specific issue, whatever, whatever it might be. Right. But I've seen so much growth in both of us becoming better about like discussing issues that we care about with our families. And so to see someone change so much firsthand and to see I don't know. I guess I've just been able to see the capacity of people to grow and change in a way that I've never really believed was possible. So I think those are kind of like the three things. And I will say a disclaimer though. It's like, <laughs> these are all very hopeful things, but there are so many days when I'm like, I don't know, should I quit my newsletter? Is it even doing anything? And so like the the three things that I mentioned, the reinforcement is is so important to me because without it, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing.
1: So what advice would you have for someone who's scared to become an activist, doesn't think they have the time? Obviously your entire organization is focused on people who say they don't have enough time. So what would you say to those people if you could say something face to face?
0: Yeah, I think before I answer that, I think part of, part of it for me was branding. Like I I mentioned this earlier. I don't think I would have considered myself an activist a year ago and I don't I think it's up to each person what figures out what works for them. So I think the first thing that I would say is is figure out what you care about, figure out what works for you. Like, what are some issues that, that, that you think about? Like, what keeps you up at night? What's something that bothers you that you really want to change? It doesn't have to be monumental. You know, it could be that you hear your employer like treating women a different way, whatever it might be, right? Like, pick something that bothers you and do something about it whether it's just as simple as starting a conversation with people so i don't know i think i think before the word activist for me came with a lot of pressure attached to it because i was like you know i'm not leading protests every week like i'm maybe i'm not creating that much change but i think there's such a a wide spectrum of what can be considered to be an activist or a change maker or whatever word that you want to use that describes you as a busy person trying to make a difference, how will you get yourself from trying to make a difference to actually doing it? And so I would challenge anyone who wants to get started on their journey to figure out what is the simplest possible way to actually start. Because I think that's where a lot of people get trapped is they get so hung up. So like, let's say I care about let's just say I care about like the future of food and ending food waste. I think it's really easy to like stay up for months being like, oh, I want to impl- impact like a million people and change the world. But I think the, the only way to get started quickly and learn is to just start today. So like if anyone's listening to this and there's an issue you care about, just Google it, learn a little more, talk to your friends and family. And from there, new ideas are going to form in your head all the time. And I don't know, I would just define the, the fact that there's so many small yet really, really impactful ways to make a difference, whether you're affecting one person or 7 billion people.
1: Where do you see activism in two years from now, five years from now and 10 years from now? And I mean, I personally thought I saw activism as staying the same and maybe even getting more, but especially with the COVID situation, I've all of a sudden looked at it as almost all online. So where do you see activism in the future?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to answer that from an optimistic perspective. Um and this is this is just in light of the recent like Black Lives Matter movements is for the first time I'm seeing like a large conversation, like a large deep conversation about sustainable activism and what it means to make activism and make change as a habit instead of as a trend. So I, I think and I hope that two years from now, we will see more people doing exactly kind of the thing that I hope that people will do with Soapbox, right? Like read about an issue for a few minutes every week and do something about it versus, you know, taking like a week off to go to a protest. I think both are great options, but I think in order for someone not to burn out finding ways that are more regular, more habitual stuff that you will incorporate into your daily routine. Um, I'm really optimistic that that's something that we'll start seeing in the next two years. I think down the road, like the technological implications of activism, or I guess, I guess the other way around, like the activist implications on technology are, are so huge. There's so many amazing social entrepreneurs that are solving challenges using technology. So I kind of see two things. I see one is definitely like an uptick in ways people can make change more easily. So I don't know if you've seen this Joe, but I I saw this like new Instagram thing going on where people who have the swipe up feature will put a pre-filled email in their story. So you can just literally swipe on someone's story and send your Senator or send your city council person an email. So I think, you know, two years, five years, whatever from now, we will see technology becoming an increasing part of activism and not just in a way that we see like Facebook being a social network where you can post events, but but really being the way a lot of it is done, a lot of it is communicated. I also think that with that will come its own set of challenges because um, in the tech world, a lot of people think you can solve problems with technology technology is a tool to solve problems and not the solution to a problem always. And so I feel like that that will be another that another interesting thing. And I don't know how that will change the future of activism, but I definitely think it's something that I'm hearing more and more of. And I'm really curious to see how we will make sure we have entrepreneurs and, and venture capitalists and investors and you know, nonprofits that are thinking both sides of like, how do I make the most of the way the world is changing and becoming more technologically advanced while also never forgetting who's actually like at the forefront? Like, why am I doing this activism? Um, And then the third thing, which again is optimistic, is I'm hoping and I think that in the future, and this is probably a long-term thing, that we will see a lot more diversity in activism. Um, I'm hoping we will see a lot more allies in activism. Like right now, a lot of people that, or at least before the, before this week, before this month, a lot of people that show up at protests are the people affected by the problems, right? For Black Lives Matter, um, marches, it's, it has been predominantly black people. For like the women's march, it's mostly women. And so I'm, I'm hoping and I'm optimistic that this will change and that these, these displays of activism whether they're online or in person will actually include a wider range of people and also like a wider range of allies who actually care about this issue. So that's what I think, that's what I hope. Um I it might be a little optimistic but I think we at least I kind of need to be optimistic in order to keep believing in a positive future.
1: And it's people like you the optimistic ones that we all need honestly. <laughs> so how can our listeners learn more and maybe even support you guys
0: the biggest way is to just check out our newsletter and you can find that at soapboxproject.org and so that website has like everything about what we're about and has a link to our newsletter and so really the biggest way is if you care about any issue especially if you care about the environment subscribe to the newsletter. It's it's like literally in my mind, it's literally the bare minimum that you can do to, to make a difference, right? Like it's demanding so little of your time and answering questions like, what can I do about this problem? So I would just recommend anyone who, who wants to do something about a social issue, check it out. And then while you're on our website, there's places that you can contact us. And so right now I mentioned, we're writing about just environment, But the goal in the future is to really become a one-stop shop for people to easily take action on issues. So if you're really passionate about getting involved and if you're really passionate about this idea of, you know, like bite-sized social change and you want to help us cover an issue that we're not already covering, just check us out at soapboxproject.org and let me know. I'm always, always, always willing to hear new ideas and new ways that we can expand our coverage and like, and expand to a wider range of issues.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Listen to the future of activism on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Transcripts and show notes are posted to futurex.fm. We're part of the FutureX Podcast Network. I'm Joe Hobbs.